0: Last month, on January 27th, the world observed the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz by the Soviet army. And in the years since that event took place, there's been countless books, newspaper articles, magazine articles, movies, everyone trying to explain how this happened. How did this happen? that millions and millions of people were murdered on factory-level execution. Auschwitz, which is commonly thought of as one big concentration camp, was in fact two camps. The smaller one is what they called Auschwitz, and that was full of imprisoned Polish people, Jewish people, gypsies, Christians, and they were put to death. There as well, there is a cell belonging to a prisoner, 16670. He was a Catholic priest. His name was Maximilian Kolbe. He and nine others were starved to death in the basement of Punishment Block 11 on July of 1941. And in order to get to that cell block to see it, you have to go down a long hallway. And on that hallway are pictures on each side of great European intellectuals, teachers, movie stars, children, students, and at the end of that hallway, the guide who's giving the tour tells you that the life expectancy in Auschwitz was six months. Auschwitz II, which is the larger camp and about two kilometers away, is known as Birkenau. This is the one that is remembered in the annals of history. Nothing can really prepare you to go here. The double barbed wire fence to keep the prisoners in that was electrified. There's long rows as far as the eye can see of barracks and all that still stands is the foundation and the chimney. At the back of this camp are the crematoria, where the bodies were burned and the gas chambers. They were all destroyed and they put them way at the back. There's a big hill of rubble of concrete, the silent, eerie reminder. This is where the Jewish people died in mass. And in the center of the camp, there are two railways that come in and there's a disembarkment platform. And in 1944, hundreds of trains arrived with their cargo of 250,000 Hungarian Jews, who within hours of their arrival were herded off the train and into the gas chambers and murdered. All but one of those gas chambers was destroyed before the liberation. And just to the right of that big, huge pile of cement, There's a pond filled with murky water. This was the most troubling place in all of Auschwitz. Because it was here that the ashes of the dead prisoners were dumped. And as you look into that pond, you see not merely the ashes of Jewish people and Polish people and gypsies and Russians and Christians and Americans, you also see the ashes of what might have been the shattered hopes and dreams of the modern civilization. The Nazi death camps of World War II are a testimony to the fact that something has gone terribly wrong with us. We are fundamentally flawed. When you stand and look at that, all you can think. At least all I could think was, how did this happen? How did we, you, me, how did us, Europeans, Americans, how did we let millions of people die? This image when I was praying over this, it was like Jesus was standing there and he just said, this isn't why I died. I didn't die So that millions more could die. I died so that you would live differently. Because something far more than mere badness or selfishness is wrong with us. When you see something to that level, it's evil, it's demonic, it's satanic. Where it's simply a matter of ignorance or human stupidity, we could say that maybe just a little little bit more education would help. A PhD in compassion or human kindness. But in fact, no amount of education, no amount of reading and study can change the fact that you and I sin willingly. Even eagerly sometimes. And the journey that led to the Nazi death camps all began with a single human desire gone wrong. A single human thought that changed everything. And there is not a single person here who does not know what that feels like. Something is fundamentally wrong with us. Terribly, terribly wrong with us. And you know, I taught at St. Mary's. I remember one time I was teaching on this and one of the kids said, well, thank God we'll never get back to the Nazi death camps. Why not? It's not like the Nazis were the only ones that did this. They did to the tune of millions of deaths. Stalin did it to the tune of tens of millions put to death. Mao Zedong did it to the tune of hundreds of millions of people put to death. We are broken and here's the other thing I was thinking about today you know we don't put people in gas chambers anymore but I know that people through their rumors through what they say on social media about other people through, through lies that we start we're killing people and we're doing it on a mass level And this is not why Jesus died. Jesus died so that you and I would live differently. Not like the world. That somehow we would fundamentally change how we live. Because this isn't what God planned. This world that we're living in, it is not what he planned. And it sure as heck isn't what he redeemed. On Holy Saturday night at the great vigil of Easter, we will hear how God created us good And how he has worked through human history to call us back. We hear in the first reading for today, it says, Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and repentance. Come back to me, for I am merciful and gracious, slow to anger and rich in mercy. Because dust and ashes, we will become. We cannot deny this, and we cannot stop it. But for God, that's not the end. But he needs your cooperation. And the first step in the cooperation is the grace of repentance. The desire to turn away from sin and to live differently. That is what Lent is all about. It's a new beginning. Isn't that Christians walking around with dirt on their head, angry about they can't eat meat? It's about a new beginning. It's about starting over. Trying something different. That's what repentance means. It means to turn around. You're walking this way. Repentance means you turn around and walk the other way. And you live differently. It's a time of renewal that we're entering into. But it takes discipline. And hard work. And sacrifice. The ashes of Auschwitz are a sober reminder. Of what happens to a world without God a world without love, a world without repentance. But the ashes that we're going to bless here on this altar today are not a sign of hopelessness and despair, but of the joyful acceptance of God's offer for salvation to turn away from sin and to begin again. Let us pray for each other during this Lenten season that we may turn away from sin and return to the gospel.